Welcome to this podcast episode of Narcissists in Divorce, The Narcissist Trap. I'm Dr. Supriya McKenna. I'm a former family doctor, but my life's true work is working with people who have fallen prey to narcissistic relationships of any kind. But I'm particularly busy in the area of divorce. Over the last few years, I've been very proud to become an Amazon best-selling author on the subject of narcissism, and my brand new book, Narcissists in Divorce, From Love Locked to Leaving, is out right now on Amazon. That's the first book in the Narcissists in Divorce series, and the follow-on to that will be out in the spring, and that's called Narcissists in Divorce, From Leaving to Liberty. And please do note that although I use the word divorce, these books are equally applicable to anyone leaving a serious intimate relationship with a narcissist, whether they are married or not. I also have a book out called The Narcissist Trap, The Mind-Bending Pull of the Great Pretenders. And that book might be useful in helping the people around you who are supporting you to understand more about what happened to you and about narcissism generally. I'm also the co-author with British divorce lawyer Karen Walker of Narcissism and Family Law, a practitioner's guide. And between us, Karen and I have trained thousands of family law professionals in narcissistic personality disorder, including judges, lawyers, mediators and social workers. For further narcissism resources from me, please do visit thelifedoctor.org or drsapria.com. And that web address has the doctor fully spelt out. So today I thought I'd address the topic of gaslighting because gaslighting is a key feature of narcissistic behaviour. The problem with it is that if you're immersed in a narcissistic relationship, it can actually be very difficult to spot that it's happening to you. And I'll explain why that is in a bit. So what is gaslighting? Well, gaslighting is the act of undermining someone's reality by denying facts, denying the environment around them or denying their feelings. But let me simplify that. Basically, if someone is lying to you in a way that makes you question or stop trusting your own perceptions, memories or beliefs, then they are gaslighting you. Now, you may be wondering what the difference is between gaslighting and just lying. So here's an example to illustrate. So if we'd agreed to meet for dinner at 7pm, but I'd left the house late because I just couldn't get my act together, I could lie to you and tell you that the traffic had been awful and that that was why I didn't arrive until 8pm. So here, I'm not making you question or doubt yourself. I'm just telling you a lie. But if I was gaslighting you, I could tell you with absolute conviction that you had got the time wrong and that we'd agreed to meet at 8pm. I might then embellish that further by telling you that I'd noticed that you seem to be forgetting small things and losing your thread in conversations. And then I could ask you whether you considered talking to a doctor about it. Now that's gaslighting because it would make you question yourself and it would make you doubt whether you'd got the time right or whether in fact you're making mistakes and forgetting things as I as I suggested. So gaslighting is actually a two-step procedure. First you're made to think that your thinking or feelings are distorted and then the gaslighter tries to persuade you that their ideas are the true and right ones. So where does the term come from? Well, it's actually from an old thriller from 1938 in which a husband makes his wife think she's going mad by dimming the gas lamps in their home to just a flicker and then denying that they're flickering when she questions him. And he does other things um, in amongst those things as well. So in this example, the husband was actually denying that her environment was what she thought it was by telling her that the lights that she could see flickering weren't actually flickering. 
Now, as it happens, narcissists do both things, straight lying and gaslighting, and they do them both utterly convincingly. So it seems that the truth to a narcissist is what they say it is at the time that they're saying it. And they completely seem to believe their own lies, which of course is how they get others to doubt themselves. And if you think about it, lying and gaslighting actually come very easily to narcissists because it's essentially what they do all the time anyway. So if you look at the essence of narcissism, the narcissist hides their low self-esteem behind a false persona, which they need other people to believe in so that they can believe in it themselves. So none of this is conscious. It's just what they do. So this false persona is basically a lie. It's not a true representation of who they feel they are. So you can see why it's so easy for them to effortlessly lie about other smaller things too. Now, one of the most common forms of gaslighting is when a narcissist denies a person's memory of events by saying something along the lines of, that didn't happen. Now, this is so common. Narcissists are known for rewriting history and completely denying that things have happened. So they might say, I never said that, or actually, what I said was this, or I never did that, actually, what I did was this, or he or she never did or said that, actually, what they did or said was this. You get the idea. So as an example, a client of mine told me that her narcissistic ex would make himself a cup of tea in front of her and then tell her with absolute conviction that it was actually coffee he was drinking and that she'd remembered it wrong. Now, of course, gaslighting happens a lot during the divorce and separation process as well, when the narcissist, for example, might make offers, um, perhaps financial ones or ones to do with the living arrangements or, or to do with the children, and then they claim that they never did and they'll claim that they said something completely different. And very often, especially as the relationship is unravelling, the narcissist can distort reality so much that you find yourself wanting to record every conversation to prove that what you heard was true. So clearly that's not a great place to be. I've already mentioned that gaslighting can be applied to a person's feelings, but let's go into a little more detail here. So if you were to express your emotions, the narcissist will either trivialise your emotions or minimise them or invalidate them. So... For example, if you were sad because your dog had died, a narcissist might say, oh, you'll get over it. It's not such a big deal. People are starving all over the world, for example. Or if they were minimising it, they might say, you shouldn't be that sad. It's only a dog. Or I'm the one that should be sad because I can't take time off and just fall apart when the dog dies. I've got to keep going and it's me you should feel sorry for or sad for. So can you see how the narcissist here is making you question your reality, the reality of your being sad, and is trying to change it to another reality? Well, that's classic gaslighting. So what effect does gaslighting have on the victim? Well, as you probably already know, the narcissist turns up the volume on their abusive behaviour so slowly that the victim barely notices. Well, gaslighting is no exception. Make no mistake, this really is a very dangerous form of psychological abuse. I always use the analogy of the frog in the pot of water and how the frog doesn't jump out of the water even when it's boiling because the temperature has been turned up so slowly that it's able to accept more and more of the heat. Whereas had the frog been put into the boiling water at the start, it would invariably have jumped out immediately. So you can see why in a relationship that's gone on for years, the victim accepts the gaslighting and believes what the narcissist is telling them. Whereas anyone looking in would find what the narcissist is saying utterly ludicrous. I'm reminded at this point of the true story of the famous opera singer who was relentlessly pursued by her admiring narcissist until she left her husband for him. So he would attend her recitals and be in awe of her immense talent at the start. 
but over time the narcissist eroded her beliefs and thinking about herself and the world so much that she actually came to believe that she couldn't sing when he would tell her so and when he would wince at her singing. So even though the whole world celebrated her ability, the narcissist had managed to get her to question it and accept his version of it, that she couldn't sing. Now, of course, to anyone looking in, his assertions would seem crazy, wouldn't they, and completely untrue. But to her, the person actually in the situation, because she'd been subjected to years of gaslighting, she actually accepted what he was telling her as the real reality. And that's actually one of the major points of gaslighting. It enables the narcissist to get you to doubt yourself so much that you start to rely on them. They become your voice of reason. So that means that you might start wearing what they tell you looks good rather than what you think looks good. It might mean that you might not be able to make decisions, even little ones, without their input. It means that you might become quiet in social situations because you've been gaslit into believing that people find you irritating or boring or that you talk too much. I mean, the ramifications are really quite varied. But the point is this, because you stop trusting yourself, you start trusting the narcissist instead. And this gives them immense control. So remember that a narcissist doesn't want to abuse you so much that you just get up and leave. They usually need you to stay because it's your job to give them narcissistic supply. So if they undermine you just enough and destroy your confidence in yourself just enough, especially if they're dressing things up as I'm just looking after you or I'm only telling you these things to help you, you will stay with them and they will have successfully kept you in play as a source of narcissistic supply. And if you haven't listened to our episode on narcissistic supply, then please do, because understanding this, the concept of narcissistic supply, really does underpin the whole of narcissism. So having control over you is one of the major reasons why narcissists gaslight, but they also do it to hide their bad behaviours from you or to minimise their bad behaviours so that they don't have to face up to the consequences of their actions. So, for example, imagine the scenario where a narcissist has been caught in a compromising position, perhaps with a prostitute, perhaps on a work night out. So quite justly, their partner will feel betrayed and upset. But a narcissist might tell them that all the men who work in his office regularly do this and that it's normal. They might tell their partner that they're thinking about this incorrectly and they're not being unfaithful because they're paying for the service and actually they're helping someone in need, the prostitute, to pay their bills and to make their way in life and that this should be seen as a good thing. They may tell them that just because they visited a prostitute, that has no bearing at all on how they feel about their partner and the two things are completely separate. They may even try to make their partner feel guilty by telling them that they are a bad person for not allowing them to help the prostitute to do her job to earn money to keep her family in food. They may accuse the partner of intruding on their private life or they may blame them for needing to visit prostitutes in the first place because they always seem too tired to service their needs themselves. They may even demand an apology. And if the victim has been gaslit enough for long enough, they may actually feel guilty and do just this. Apologise. Even though in their heart of hearts, they know that this is wrong. And the final reason why narcissists gaslight others is to try to change them into what they want them to be. So remember that narcissists, due to their fundamental lack of empathy, are able to exploit others and they have a sense of entitlement. So if a narcissist wants a partner who is blonde, for example, they may gaslight you into believing that your brunette locks make you look pasty and unattractive and that you would look much better with blonde hair. 
So they will make you feel that you're not good enough as you are and they won't let up. And if you believe that they know best, which you will, if you've been gaslit for long enough over a variety of different things, you will probably concede, at least for a time, and go blonde. Start wearing heels, start doing spin classes, start drinking alcohol, give up your vegetarianism or whatever it may be. Gaslighting often happens in conjunction with other narcissistic behaviours as well, like projection. So I remember a client of mine telling me that her husband, in a narcissistic rage, was repeatedly punching the wall while screaming at her and telling her that it was her who was breaking his hand. Here he was trying to gaslight her into believing that it was her fault, when in fact he was projecting the blame onto her. And I recently heard a story where a narcissistic wife was accusing her husband of not letting her into the marital home. And she was actually saying this from the comfort of the sofa in the living room of that marital home. Again, that's gaslighting. And it does seem that in the final stages of the relationship, where the narcissist is decompensating due to the narcissistic injury of the relationship having broken down, it does seem as though some narcissists actually lose control of their gaslighting. And it becomes so extreme that many spouses are finally able to see what they've been doing all along in those very last stages of the relationship. So if your narcissist tries to persuade you to doubt the evidence of your senses or your thoughts or your feelings, that is a red flag for gaslighting. Or if they never accept that you can have a different opinion to them and they won't stop trying to persuade you that you're wrong, that's another one. Or if, when they're called out on something, they use flawed logic to turn the tables on you and make out that you're at fault and that they are actually the victim or the hero. Or if you find yourself relying on them to make decisions for you or to tell you how to behave or what to wear, again, you've probably been gaslit. Or if you find yourself apologising and feeling guilty for things that you've been accused of that you know deep down you haven't even done. That's a big red flag there and very common. Or perhaps if you feel more and more confused in your relationship and feel as though you might be going completely crazy. Or, of course, if you stop expressing your emotions to the narcissist because you know that your feelings will always be wrong. Or if there's a big imbalance of power between you and your partner. The more of these things that resonate with you, the more likely it is that you have been gaslit. But the good thing is that once you're aware of these tactics, you can start to notice them in your interactions with the narcissists in your life. So finally, should you call them out on their gaslighting? Honestly, probably not, because it'll just open the door on more gaslighting, more denial, more invalidation. The best thing you can do is to store them up. So write them down somewhere where the narcissist can't find them and remind yourself of them often until you're able to leave the relationship or if you can't leave so that you can keep a firm hold on your own reality, your own truth. And this really is the first step in taking back your power. My brand new book, Narcissists in Divorce, From Love Locked to Leaving, is out now. For more information and online courses about narcissism, please do check out my websites, thelifedoctor.org or drsapria.com.